0: He is called Shiloh, the prophet, the redeemer, the way, the truth, and the life. He is Emmanuel, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the Bible reveals that this lamb who was and is without spot or blemish has redeemed us from our sins. He is Jesus the Lamb of God, who was slain from the foundation of the world according to Revelation 13
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's word. of
0: pain you do is let go From Abraham to Isaac we come to Jacob. I titled him a wrestler of God." And I, I put Genesis 32:28 as the key verse to this passage. Isaac's son, Jacob, becoming a wrestler of God. God had promised Abraham to give him uh, a blessing. He's saying, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that blessing was passed on to Isaac. And Isaac's wife, Rebekah, she was barren for about 20 years. In fact, at one point she came to Isaac and said, she blamed him. It's like, am I God, woman? I don't know if he said it that way, but sometimes, guys, we get blamed for things. It's really not our fault, nothing that we can control. But he pleaded with God for his wife. She gave birth, and she gave birth to twins, to Esau and Jacob. We know this story. And although Esau was the firstborn, God told Rebekah in Genesis twenty-five twenty-three that the older shall serve the younger. And instead of trusting the Lord to work out the details of who was the firstborn, who received the rights of the firstborn, and the double portion that would come to the firstborn, both Jacob and Rebekah, they went through their life early on, scheming and deceiving, trying to get these things away from Esau. And as a result, Esau came to a point where he vowed to kill his brother, So Rebecca sent her beloved son away to her brother Laban, and he would spend the next 20 years with his uncle, and he would also never see his mother again. Sometimes when we try to scheme our way into the plans of God, it kind of destroys things or separates families. When God's plan is so much better, I've learned to trust, and I know I mess up at times, but better to let the Lord work it out instead of trying to figure it out for the Lord. I know, Lord, what you said, so here I'm going to do this and try to make it happen, and if it doesn't happen naturally, it's not of the Lord, and you're trying to force God's will upon your life. So while with his uncle Laban, Jacob, as we know the story, he fell in love with Laban's youngest daughter, Rachel. He promised to work for seven years, and the Bible tells us as a Beautiful love story that the seven years seemed like as days to him. His love was so great. But as we know, on the wedding night, Uncle Laban pulled the old switcheroo on Jacob. I don't know how you do this, but he did. He accomplished it. Jacob woke up the next morning rolling over to see his beloved bride, Rachel. And Leah was in bed next to him. And he's like, what's up with this? angrily approached his father-in-law and the father-in-law gave some kind of excuse saying that, you know, the eldest daughter has to be married off first. And so again, Jacob promised another seven years. Here's another thing that quite often people get wrong. Jacob didn't work another seven years and then get Rachel. What the Bible actually says is that Laban said only Finish the uh, commitment of the wedding week with Leah, and then you can have Rachel as your wife also. If you figure out the age, it has to be that uh, there were uh, 11 sons born during this period, and uh, they had to be born in rapid succession with, ultimately, four different women as we know the story goes on, but he did work an additional seven years. He didn't have to wait the additional seven years. There was contention though in that household, as you can imagine. It only got greater because when Leah couldn't give birth, she would introduce her maiden to Jacob to have a child for her stead. And when Rachel couldn't give birth, which she had the most difficulty in this, she would introduce her maiden to Jacob. So ultimately, he had four wives, and ultimately, we know 12 sons and at least one daughter named. There could have been more daughters. Do you remember when Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob, he's prince, we'll get to him, but I'm just jumping ahead in the story. When his brothers came to him in Egypt, and he set them at his dinner table, and he had them in order from oldest to youngest, that the brothers looked around pretty amazed that they were sitting in order. I believe partly amazed because a lot of these brothers were born the same year. They were of the same age, but Joseph knew who was the firstborn. Joseph knew who was the youngest, and he sat them in order. So ultimately, we know that Jacob worked 20 years for Laban, He worked 14 years for his two wives, an additional six years uh, for the wealth that he would gain, the speckled and spotted sheep, the brown ones, the lambs, the spotted and speckled among the goats. And during that time, God gave the wealth of Laban to Jacob. And there was a point that Jacob knew that uh, his uncle and his brother-in-laws wanted him out of the picture, so he escaped in the night. Took three days for Laban to catch up to him, but God warned Laban before he caught up to Jacob that he could do no harm to him. Here's another misconception in scripture. It's something that I felt prey to. Do you know the Mispah? Mishpah, the Lord watched between me and you when we are apart one from another. I bought that for Lily when we were 17 years old. We had little charms I it was mine on a keychain, hers on a necklace and how cute, how romantic. You know that this was actually a father-in-law telling his son-in-law that God is watching and if you cross over this line, you're a dead man <laughs> It wasn't a sweet little uh, you know God's watching over us and when we're apart. He's saying if you ever come back into my territory, all bets are off, you're a dead man, God's watching. Anyways, Jacob left his father-in-law knowing that he could never return there. But he was returning to his homeland where last he knew, his brother Esau said, you're a dead man. If I go back, I'm dead, if I go forward, I'm dead. So the Bible tells us that night when he heard that Esau was coming with 400 men, that he set his family into divisions, set them across the brook, and there at the brook Jabbok, Jacob wrestled with the Lord that night. And here our verse in Genesis 32, 28. When he wrestled with the Lord, crying out that the Lord would bless him with tears, the Lord said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and prevailed. That night, Jacob came out of that wrestling match with a limp that he would have for the rest of his life. Prior to that wrestling match, Jacob was a deceiver. He was one who would do his best to deceive and to twist and to gain. And when he got in trouble, he would run. And that night when he wrestled with the Lord, God said, you're never going to run again. I'm not going to let you run. In fact, I'm going to give you a limp that you can't run anymore. You're going to have to trust in me. And he gave him a new name, Israel. It means prince of God or governed by God. And Jacob would have one more son by his beloved wife, Rachel, who sadly died at that point. And two of Jacob's sons are worth mentioning in our story. The first is that of Joseph. Joseph is a favorite son And he becomes a type of savior again to the world at that time. Just as Noah was a type of savior, Joseph becomes a type of savior. Genesis 50 verse 20. Now we know the story of Jacob and the 12 sons and that he had one son, Joseph, that he gave a coat of many colors. This could be could be one of those uh, misunderstandings of scripture. Again, I don't want to totally destroy your childhood bible learning here in this teaching today but in the hebrew it could actually mean he gave him a coat with sleeves if you ever went to work and start to labor and say wait a minute i'm going to work here what do you do if you're really going to get into the work what do you do you roll up your sleeves right Got to get into work here that's what i do maybe not so much when i'm preaching but you roll up your sleeves you're going to get to work Now, if you have sleeves in their culture of that day, it meant you were the boss. You didn't have to roll up your sleeves to go to work. You were the boss, and you told other people what to do. And so it could be that by the coat of many colors that Jacob was telling his other sons, my beloved son Joseph, he's going to be your boss. And the brothers didn't like hearing this from dad. But what made matters worse is that Joseph started having dreams. And he told his brothers his dreams. Sometimes you can have a dream. Maybe it's best not to share it with others. But Joseph shared his dream with his brothers and his dad. and his, Not his mom. His mom had passed away at that point. But it does mention his mother. And he dreamed that he was going to be the boss. And that one day, not only his brothers, but his, the sun and the moon, mom and dad, and the 11 stars, his brothers would bow down before him. Well, they didn't like. There was actually two dreams that talked about the brothers bowing down. And as we know, they caught Joseph out one day. Dad sent Joseph to see how his brothers were doing as they were watching the sheep. They caught him. They were going to kill him. They cast him in a pit. Reuben determined that he would save him, uh, talked his brothers into selling him instead. So a type of the savior, he was sold as a slave, Jesus was, as we know, uh, for 30 pieces of silver. The amount of silver is not the same, but also he was betrayed for money. Joseph was sold. He would spend the next 22 years apart from his father, whom he loved and whom his father loved. But this was all part of God's plan. In fact, being sold as a slave into Egypt, it tells us when he was sold as a slave into Potiphar's house, That God was with him his grace was upon him and it was there in the house that he was accused of a conduct that was not becoming of a slave toward his owner's wife and he was cast into prison and yet when he went into prison it said that God was with him God watched over him God blessed him during this time but also Joseph became an interpreter of dreams And while he was in prison, Pharaoh's chief baker and chief butler were cast into prison at that same time. And at that point, as we know, Joseph was in charge of the prison. The steward over the prison knew that Joseph could handle everything. And so he was going about his duties, and he saw the chief baker and the chief butler, and he said, why so bummed? What's up? It's like, well, we both had dreams last night, and we don't understand the dreams. And Joseph said, I can interpret dreams. It gets me in trouble sometimes. I get cast into a pit, sold as a slave, and end up in this prison, but I still can interpret dreams. So tell me your dreams, and I'll ask the Lord to give the interpretation. And he did. They did. The butler told of having a dream of squeezing grapes ultimately into the cup of Pharaoh. and although I'm summarizing this greatly, Joseph said, In three days, you'll be raised up, and you will be handing the cup to Pharaoh again. And the baker, excited about this, said, I also had a dream, had a bunch of baked goods on top of my head, and the birds came pecking and eating at them. And he said, in three days, it's going to be off with your head. Sorry, buddy. But he turned to the butler and said, remember me, I've been unjustly accused, but the butler for two years forgot until the pharaoh had a couple of dreams and the butler remembered God placed the man that needed to be right next to the pharaoh that Joseph could be brought up, interpret not only the dream but ultimately becoming second in charge of Egypt that would not only save Egypt but the then known world that came under a severe famine of seven years that brought Joseph's brothers to him They're in Egypt. They did not recognize their brother. Remember, it had been uh, ultimately by the time that Jacob would see his son Joseph, 22 years would pass. So it had been a number of years when the brothers came up. At one point, when Joseph saw his father, he says, there's five more years of famine to go. And so... He brought his brothers to provide for his family. He became the Savior. Here's the thing about carrying grief. It's amazing to me as we take this story all the way to the end of Genesis. After Joseph would bring his father and their family to Egypt, they were given the land of Goshen, the best of Egypt. After they were provided for, His dad would live another 17 years in Egypt before he would die. After his dad, their dad died, the brothers came to Joseph thinking, now that dad's gone, it's going to be, we're going to be in prison. So we want to tell Joseph a lie again. They're like 30 years of their life have been living a lie, and they just, 40 years, they just keep doing it. They hadn't learned yet. They said, oh, while dad was living, he said, be nice to us. It's not exactly how the scripture goes but that's what they wanted don't do any harm and Joseph said you guys misunderstand in Genesis fifty twenty. what well, you guys meant for evil God meant for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive Joseph became a type of a savior but he is not of the lineage of which Jesus came that was given to another son of Jacob, that of Judah. And Genesis 49.10 is the verse that we go to for this one. It was when Joseph brought his brothers down. Initially, dad would not send his youngest son, Joseph's true brother, Benjamin. And Joseph knew that he had a brother, Benjamin. He wanted to know what had become of him. And so he played with his other brothers in fact, some believe that he might have been actually prodding them and kind of pushing some difficulties upon them. He, When he sent them back to their family that they could provide food for their family, he kept uh, Simeon. He wouldn't let him go back. He kept him in prison. And he said, you'll never see this brother again unless you bring your youngest brother with you when you return again. But dad wouldn't hear of it. Until the hunger became so great again that he said, okay, if my gray hairs come down, they come down, send Benjamin. But Judah said, Judah stood in his place and he said, I'll let no harm come to this child. And yet Joseph kept playing with his brothers. And when he sent him away the second time, he had placed his golden cup and a few other things in Benjamin's bag. And then he, you know, at first the brothers leaving and saying, we got out of Egypt that time. This is great. But he heard the uh, chariots of Egypt coming after them and said that you guys have stolen the cup of our Lord and They're like, no way. Whoever you find it in the sack, then let them go to prison. And they found it with Benjamin. And then all the brothers said, we're coming with you. And the aide of Joseph said, no, only the one who it was found with. So he's testing his brothers. None of them would return. It's a tough luck, Benjamin. See ya. Nice knowing you. We're going back home. They all went back to Egypt. But it was Judah who stood up. And stood in his place before Joseph. It was Judah who said, let me take the punishment. It is Judah who comes in the line of Christ. It is Judah from which Christ came, the one who stood up and said, let me take their punishment. In fact, the prophecy concerning Judah in Genesis 49.10 says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the lawgiver until Shiloh comes. To him shall be the obedience of all people. The promise of the Messiah now went from uh, Adam and Eve down into a single family line of Adam and Eve down through Zeth and... I know I say that wrong all the time. Lily will correct me later, but I'm 59 years old. I haven't got it right yet. I never will. (laughs) Through Enoch, through Noah into Abram and his sons now from Jacob and his 12 sons one son Judah Comes the promise of the lawgiver comes the promise of Shiloh, which means peace Comes the promise of the scepter which refers to his kingship comes the promise of the Messiah from that single tribe in Israel the tribe of Judah brings us to Jesus himself we're finished rehearsing Genesis, but I just wanted to spend a little time on Jesus before I close out today. Do you know that Jesus is referred to by so many different names in the Bible? When I compile them all together, and I may have missed a few, I have to admit they are something to depend upon. And it could be that there are times in your life where you need to call upon the name of Jesus, or maybe it's the name of Christ, or maybe it's the Messiah. Or maybe it's one of his other names that you cry out to. But the Bible has many names for the Messiah. He is known in the Bible as the Good Shepherd, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Prince of peace. He is wonderful, counselor. He is our teacher, our mediator, our advocate with the Father and the faithful and true witness. He is the light of the world, the anchor, the rock, the door. He is the living water and the breath of life. He is called the Rose of Sharon, the true vine, the branch, the Spring, the bright and morning star. He was called the carpenter and he called himself the son of man. He was also a man of sorrows he is the resurrection and the life and the shepherd the bishop of our soul he is the chief cornerstone the head of the church the judge of all the earth he is the high priest he is master savior and bridegroom he is the holy one the beloved of the father the image of the invisible god and his only begotten son he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the everlasting father. He is the almighty. He is the great I am. He is called Shiloh, the prophet, the redeemer, the way, the truth, and the life. He is Emmanuel, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and the re- Bible reveals that this lamb who was and is without spot or blemish, has redeemed us from our sins. He is Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain from the foundation of the world, according to Revelation 13 And the Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those of the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.